This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, Jeff Kasuf, host of Kicking Back, a podcast by The Equalizer where we take you inside the stories of top players, coaches, and personalities in women's soccer and tell you stories in a way that they haven't been told before. Today's guest is Shea Groom, midfielder for the Houston Dash. Houston's a team that got off to a hot start in this National Women's Soccer League Challenge Cup. They're still working through some growing pains, though. It's a team that has been searching for an identity for some time and is still rebuilding it. And it's taking shape around players like Groom, who came to Houston in the offseason, one of several players acquired by the Dash in the offseason, all of whom have a point to prove after being traded around the NWSL a few different times over the past couple of years. So Shay and I talk about that in this episode at length, uh, the chip on her shoulder and the teams at large, the points they have to prove about how they can still compete and be successful in this league. And we talk about her career, which maybe you know best for her time at FC Kansas City, where she won a championship as a rookie. And she played for Vladko Andonovsky, the current coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, where she, of course, still aspires to be. Uh, Shea has known Vladko since she was young, since she was around nine years old. So uh, we talk about that relationship and how it has shaped her professional career. And we talk about people's perception of her as a tough player and maybe how it's not the most accurate perception. And, and people have learned that, teammates have learned that as she has changed teams throughout the years. So really fun conversation here on kicking back please be sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast on any platform you're listening to it on the more you rate and review the more we can help other people discover this pod and listen to these stories just like you so uh, we'll have a quick word from our sponsors and then after the break we'll get to this conversation uh, which i hope you enjoy with shaker Jeff Kasuf here on Kicking Back, joined by Shay Groom of the Houston Dash. Shay, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on during a busy time, the Challenge Cup, uh, where you all are a few a few games in, and um, I'm sure looking forward to the knockout stages, right? Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting <laughs> time, but we're just excited that football's back. Yeah. Um, well, here on, you know, kicking back, I like to talk a little bit of career, a little bit of then, a little bit of, of now. Um, so we're talking ahead of the final games of the preliminary stage here, and we'll probably release this after that, that final preliminary game. Um, but so far, you know, last result, maybe notwithstanding with, with Sky Blue, Houston's come out, first two games certainly, maybe the surprise team of the tournament. Um, what's it been like there for you? What's the tournament like so far for you and maybe the, the team at large? Yeah, I think it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, those first two games scoring five goals were was good, obviously, for our team and um, something that this club has needed. Um, and I think games like the Sky Blue game are going to happen. Um, 
And thankfully in this tournament, we kind of have this four game warm up where we're, um, you know, just trying to figure things out, work the kinks out. We're playing full 90 minutes for the first time. And for some of us a year and, you know, just really trying to get it all together and knit the pieces together before that quarterfinal round. But it's been fun. It's obviously interesting being in a bubble, um, spent a lot of time in this hotel room and, um, James does a good job of trying to keep our team engaged and we do a lot of meditation and things like that so that we're not going completely insane, but, um, uh, having a lot of fun and I'm excited to be on the Houston side now. I think that what we have is an incredible team, incredible group of players. So I'm just hoping that it comes together and excited to see, um, how we continue on in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Rachel Daly was on the, our NWSL live show last week. She said the ping pong's gotten very intense. Yes, uh, ping pong is very intense. Um, I've actually taught two uh, teammates to juggle, and they have now ordered their own juggling balls off Amazon. I think we have a tie-dyeing t-shirt party later. (laughs) (laughs) So we've gotten very creative. Yeah, so you're a a juggler, not – we weren't talking soccer juggling. No, yeah, we're talking uh, regular juggling balls. I actually started last year. It was just like a concentration thing for me and something that calmed me down, oddly. So – um, I would do it. All the rain girls would laugh at me because I learned to juggle with these tennis balls in the training room, probably like 45 minutes for training every day, like just nonstop juggling. And wow. now it's been fun to teach other, like Rachel, I was teaching Rachel and Lindsay Harris now too and Bridget. But um, yeah, and Rachel's like picked it up really well and was like, she's focused and like no one ever sees her focus because her brain's always (laughs) it's like a weird thing for her to like focus on one thing so so it's like actually I mean it's a performance helper too to juggle I think so I mean yeah and then me her and uh, Megan Oyster are trying to learn some three-person juggling tricks so nice yeah we'll we'll look for the video on Instagram or somewhere for uh, for the juggling video um and then I'll, I guess I'll shamelessly plug a, a coffee story that I have on, on Equalizer that um, we got some Dash fans bought you all coffee from the, the truck that's in the village. Yes, this infamous coffee truck. I mean, <laughs> it takes a lot of our money, but <laughs> definitely necessary. It's been incredible, obviously, resource for us to have. Coffee is like a little big thing for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, somebody anonymous, anonymous today gave us free coffee. And, you know, okay. that means more than a lot of people think. Um, yeah. I opted for the sparkling mint limeade. Ah, okay. And it was delicious. Not that anyone else can try it, but... <laughs> I've, I've heard about this. Uh, so are you, are you not as caffeine addicted as some of the, the other players? See, I like see my teammates and how much they rely and are dependent on coffee and I just can't get there. So <laughs> I, I try not to, it's something that I indulge in and drink when I want to, but I'm definitely not, don't have to have it every day, but I did okay. live in New York this off season and was a coffee drinker for a short period of time. But. Okay. Nice. Nice. Well, I, yeah, I've, I've heard the, uh, the sparkling mint limeade is, is a go-to. So, <laughs> um, well talking a little bit soccer here, I guess the, uh, maybe we'll get to the soccer, right. From, from the coffee and the juggling. Um, yeah, Houston came into this tournament a bit unknown. We were saying I, I did notice pre-tournament, certainly in the days, the week going in, James Clarkson was making the point to us in media a lot of you guys keep picking us last. And I don't know who I didn't, I don't think I did that, but um, <laughs> you know, he was making the point. It was, you know, a bit of the the underdog card, I guess um, you know, a lot of new faces in Houston historically there has been some struggle on and off the field, but, but it's looked a lot different at this, this challenge cup. Um, you know, you were brought in as one of the, the bigger additions of the off season. Um, you know, how much does this team carry that chip on their shoulder? I know you're new, but, but maybe just even 
from this spring of, of carrying that, um, you know, maybe that perception that others aren't taking them as seriously. Yeah, I think James did an incredible job of bringing in and handpicking some players that I think really fit the identity of this team. And obviously we're still constructing that identity, but I think from the outside looking in, um, you know, there's been players here like Chrissy and Rachel, um, Jane, Naren, um, a lot of players that have been here for a few years and have believed in this club, but maybe not have found the success on the field that um, they thought they would. And then I think he's bringing, brought in these other players. I, I was quoted in an interview the other day um, that maybe have been traded around this league a few different times. Yeah. Um, and so I think we all kind of come into this common space of, you know, we have this chip on our shoulder, you know, we want to feel like someplace is home. We want to be respected in this league enough to um, stay at one club for one time. So I think that's kind of helped us in, in the time that we needed to perform. And um, obviously stepping out for that first game, I think, that had a lot to do with the energy and um, just the mentality that we brought and the ability to score goals. And, um, you know, obviously as we get deeper into that tournament, into the tournament, we're going to have to rely on other things, but um, I think it's an incredible thing for our culture and for our identity and uh, something that we're not afraid to admit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been kind of a, a bonding point, do you think for you all having, as you mentioned, I mean, you've, you've played for a few teams as well to, to kind of maybe it's a fresh start of sorts in Houston. Yeah, I definitely think it's a fresh start in some sense. I I also think, you know, it just, again, reiterates like what our mentality is and that each of us are, you know, don't, don't take being on the field for granted. Mm -hmm. And I think we bring that to each game, each training session, and we try to push each other to get better. But um, I think we've been able to meet in that, in that common place. Mm -hmm. This tournament started out um, certainly thrilling on, on our end with the three, three draw between, Houston and, and Utah, probably uh, a slightly frustrating day for, for you all at large, just kind of uh, conceding that result late. But um, a couple of goals for yourself in this tournament, and I think one that you know, many around the, the world probably have, have seen with uh, the header and, and what's followed with air groom and, and everything else. Um, you know, I'm sure that's felt good sort of on a personal level of, of starting off so strong and, and getting on the score sheet. I mean, it seemed like even the celebration itself you had kind of was getting that out a little bit, right? Yeah, I think it's always good for me, obviously, to get on the score sheet and be a part of the attack in any way. Um, I think I've been missing that a little bit the last couple of years, just trying to get my footing back, um, bouncing around a couple teams, having some injuries and unfortunate times, um, and dealing with some stuff off the field. I think with so much transition, um, that stuff is natural, but um, I felt once I got to Houston, a lot more settled. Maybe it's because I went to A&M and yeah. Houston kind of feels like home um, or just the culture and the vision that James has had for me as a player, but um, just felt a lot more settled. And then um, I think you saw that in the tournament. Um, I've had a couple of people say, you know, you look like the old shaker. I'm just free and sassy and confident, <laughs> and, you know, and I've missed a little bit of that. So I'm excited to have it back. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some of the elements we've seen in this dash, um, you know, the early, early iterations of this tournament, um, higher pressure, higher energy at a team level. I think, um, you know, th there's been a, a pretty good amount of support for Rachel Daly, which maybe there's been a, some of that disconnect in the past. And a big part of that, you know, you playing in that, that 10 role to kind of connect. Um, we've seen you in some different roles. Is that what you feel is your most natural or your, your favorite role? I think, you know, looking back on my career, I've you know, been in the right positions on every team for whatever suited that team. Um, I 
found a lot of success playing the 10 at A&M and I'm not sure I knew how it would translate into the professional game um, just because when I transitioned into that role late in my college career, it was more of a, we just want to get you the ball a little bit deeper so you can run at defenses. And at the time when we came into the NWSL, it was more of, you know, we're going to just play that true midfielder and then a post up nine role. Um, and so the way that the game has evolved has, I think, allowed me and obviously being transitioning to this Houston team allowed me to drop deeper into that position. And um, I mean, you're seeing it with like Rose Lavelle and uh, some other players just running at defenses, being able to pick the ball up in the middle of the field and play a little bit of a different style. Um, and it's something that I've really enjoyed and I think makes me dangerous. Obviously, it's hard to track somebody that's used to getting into the box, um, maybe not uh, like other midfielders. So um, I've been excited and really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, no, it's been fun to watch and, and you can see the energy from yourself, from the team. Um, and I think the the midfield too, I'm just wondering maybe that, the combination and the relationships there, uh, you know, among a lot of good performers, I think you and, and Christy Mewis sitting slightly deeper in that midfield have, have really stood out for Houston. Have you in any kind of way felt like you've enabled each other to, to do what each other needs to do? Yeah, I think we, we play similarly in the fact that we're both attacking minded and um, just getting to play alongside someone else who's been in the league for quite a bit of time now um, had similar careers in some in some sense, just being on different clubs and having that experience, um, I think allows us to play a lot of these other teams. And, you know, we've played with and against all of these players for, for years now. So um, it's been fun to, to play with someone that gets it. And I think we balance each other out. Obviously, Chrissy has an incredible left foot. So um, just to be kind of a compliment to that. And, you know, I think obviously then playing off Rachel as well uh, has allowed us, you know, who are they going to guard <laughs> type of thing? You know, it's yeah. like, well, it's going to go into reach and then come back to Chris and then Shay's in or other way around. So I just think there's so much mobility and versatility within the, that group. And then um, obviously having Sophie and Healy Hansen back there holding down the sixth position. Um, I think it's coming together. We're anxious for more and we're expectant for more, but uh, we're excited with how naturally and organically it's, it's come so far. Yeah. How did you kind of have to shift? I mean, I guess at a team level, but you know, the pieces were put together in the off season to kind of work toward this, this rebuild of sorts. And then, you know, you get the news that the season is delayed and then basically a, a miniature tournament where, you know, there's experimentation because you've got subs and everything, but not, 24 games, six months to kind of put it together. How have you at a team level even tried to kind of adapt to that and know you want to try to build toward 2021, I guess, but you're also trying to win here. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. And I think, you know, a lot of us NWSL players who don't play for a national team or don't have that tournament style experience um, have, it's been a huge adjustment just to understand that, um, you know, it's not a full season and recovery is important and, being able to, you know, just let some things go and move on to the next game. Um, so it's definitely been di different, but I think we've leaned on a lot of the veterans on our team and um, just being able to carry some of those younger players along and empower them so that when they do get the time on the field, because, you know, we don't, we need ourselves and we need people um, that are coming onto the field to be good. Um, so just helping them along the way and really just staying together as a team. You know, I think it was halftime of our last game, obviously down two to zero. You know, we're going to walk off the field together 
regardless. Um, and I think that's a big piece in a tournament and something that, you know, win or lose, you just got to move on from and not get too high and not get too low. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this would be, I mean, if it were a full season, I guess, season six for you. So you're kind of shifting into that sort of leadership role too, in some way, I imagine. Yeah, I do feel a sense of, you know, when it's like weird, you don't think of yourself as that old. And then people are asking you all these questions all the time. And I'm like, why are they asking me? And then I think, oh, well, I, this is my sixth year. So I guess I'm the person to ask, but um, it's definitely been fun and a role that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think it was the, uh, I can't remember which teammate, someone in a post-game interview said the other day, it might've even been James, it's escaping me, but um, you know, about the high press and they were like, I, I don't think any team wants uh, Shay and Rachel harassing them on a back line. I was like, that's very true and, and fitting. I mean, you know, both of you are obviously, you know, great players defensively, even from that sort of higher position can, can pressure defenses. Um, you know, how have you kind of embraced the role of, of, you know, I don't know, it's, it's got like a negative connotation to say be pestering defenses, but you know, I mean, that's kind of essentially right. That, um, you know, it's like a lot of players in the league where, um, you know, love to play with them, hate to play against them. I think that's how a lot of described you. I mean, what's that? Do you embrace that? Is that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we both definitely embrace that. Um, and I'd even throw Christy in there too. I always say, gosh, I feel bad for the referees because <laughs> we are just on 100 level 100 all the time. Um, but I think we've embraced that and yeah, it's funny. Like you hear about these personalities in the league. I mean, I never read too much into it because some people think I'm totally psychotic and then they meet me and they're like, you're totally normal. This is so weird. Um, so I never read too much into it, but obviously coming here, you never know how you're going to get along with people, but um, it's just been incredible how I've gone along with a lot of players on this team. And then just so many players that are like me and that just get it. So there's not like any confusion on like, do they think I'm mad or happy or what? Um, you know, we kind of just click in that way and, and use it to our advantage. I mean, you're right. There's definitely players in the league you don't want to play against and you'd much rather have on your team. And so I'm excited that a few of them are on my team. <laughs> yeah. Is that something, is that like an adjustment when you change teams, you've changed teams a few times, like, Hey, you know, last season you really caught me on a tackle there and I really didn't appreciate it, but now we're, now we're, uh, we're pals here. Is that kind oh, of, a, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to imagine with me, definitely, <laughs> you know, even going to Jersey, having a red card against Eric Kroskowski, you know, we joke about that all, all season long. And then <laughs> me and Jess Fishlock and at rain, I was like, we're definitely not going to get along, you know, love her to death. <laughs> and then obviously yeah. coming here as well. So it's, it's always funny and fun adjustment, but people are always surprised that I'm a really nice person off the field and yeah. totally normal. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, um, I mean, a, a pretty good tournament so far, obviously, you know, a, a small hiccup on, on the sky blue front, but um, exciting on those, those first couple games. And maybe I'm trying to think celebration of the tournament probably so far or among them um, from, from your second goal there. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think I just believed I could fly for a second. <laughs> yeah. Stuck the wings out. I think everybody's waiting for somebody to go to the playground. I don't know if that's, like sanitary or not, but I don't know. I honestly keep hearing that, but I haven't, when I get to the field, I'm just still in the zone. I haven't looked around for the playground, but yeah, never know. We yeah. might save it. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of that briefly, just from the environment perspective, um, the, the environment of the stadium, no fans. I mean, there's a few people kind of family and whatnot, or maybe other teams watching, but what's that been like for you as a player to, to not have fans to feed off of for the, 
you know, the quiet sort of game like this with, with empty stadiums. Yeah, I think it's been even more important for a team perspective, um, being able to bring the energy. Um, and you can tell when the momentum shifts, you know, what team has come out with the better energy. Um, I've actually enjoyed it a little bit. I mean, I love playing in front of fans and I would take fans over no fans any day. Um, but but it's been good, I think, in this phase, obviously having a condensed preseason, just being able to communicate with each other and kind of just have that raw emotion. Um, sometimes that gets drowned out by the fans. So it's been a different and unique experience, but, um, you know, something I've still enjoyed. And I think that's been good for our team um, as we grow in this tournament and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been um, it's been interesting to watch, you know, with with well, we've got piped in crowd noise on the TV feed. Okay. So. Um, we don't get to hear as much communication, unfortunately, which maybe is good, maybe is bad. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we do get the beautiful sunsets. I don't know how much you all get to. I mean, there's not a bit of a distraction, maybe, but uh, yeah, no, it is. It's very pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, well, the the tournament so far, um, you know, everything uh, we've written about it a little bit on Equalizer, and and you know, obviously a big story coming into it. The whole reason there is a tournament is sort of the the state of the world. Um, I think, I know you all are getting tested regularly, which is probably slightly uncomfortable with what I've seen of what it looks like. Um, but I mean, what's it been like from a, a player perspective in terms of how you feel and, and how you, you know, safety wise, I guess, but even just kind of getting used to the lifestyle of what you have to do to, to play and make, you know, keep everything safe. Yeah, I, it's obviously been an adjustment. Um, you know, there'll be times in a regular season where you are playing three games a week, but you're not usually doing it back to back to back. So there's been, there's been a big emphasis on recovery. I think for me personally, oddly, this is some of the best I've felt in my career physically, Um, you know, and again, maybe it just comes with maturity and being able to take care of your body in the right way and, and knowing your body. But I think the league has done an incredible job of, making this a professional environment where it feels like we're actually making strides forward. Um, and not that this is just a tournament slapped together so that we can save our league. Um, and I think that's reflecting in, in the viewership that we're getting. Um, I know for me personally, a lot of people are reaching out that would have probably never, ever watched um, the NWSL um, are watching and becoming fans um, and seeing that there is a lot of incredible talent and stories in this league. And uh, so that's been really fun to watch kind of the growth, even even though we were so unsure about what the season might hold. Um, and, and we've, you know, dealt with any adjustments that we needed to do on the way. Obviously the testing's not fun, but something we're totally willing to do as long as we can get back on the field. And um, yeah, I think the league's just done an incredible job in, in making us feel safe and uh, making this a professional environment. Yeah. Have you heard from anybody? Uh, I mean, don't want to make your name drop, but I mean, anybody that's, that's tuning in, you said that maybe you didn't think would be that, uh, you know, I saw like Josie Altador was tweeting. Yeah, in the I definitely retweeted Josie Altador. I know the Dynamo <laughs> guys have been so supportive. Yeah. And, um, you know, even just like our uh, whole community organization, Dash Dynamo in, in Houston, you know, getting the calls and people being so invested. Um, just really, really fun to see. And obviously the fans um, are so engaged as well. And then I have a big group in Kansas City that have been so excited to watch. And, you know, now it's we're not doing the same narrative of, Oh, like, how do I access the games? It's just very easy. And that's fine. Like, you know, CBS is streaming them. And so yeah. I've really enjoyed that part and it's really felt professional. Yeah. I, no more, um, even well go 90 days, but YouTube days and YouTube, YouTube was, was an adventure. And, uh, oh, wow. even last year with Yahoo, you kind of, 
if you didn't find it directly, you couldn't find yeah. it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so CBS All Access, and you mentioned the, the CBS game to, to start the tournament with the Courage and Thorns um, record viewership over, over half a million watching. So really encouraging there, obviously. Um, you mentioned your, your group in Kansas City family, some of it, I'm sure, with, with you being from there, um, you know, wanted to, from the area, I should say, you know, um, wanted to kind of rewind a little bit to, to the start of your, your pro career here, NWSL, um, for folks that are listening, maybe new to the league even. I mean, 2015, you come in, um, 12th overall pick to, to FC Kansas City, a team coming off of a championship, and then in your rookie year, the, you know, repeat. Um, you know, w- what was that like stepping into that team with, you know, obviously coming off a title, you had uh, Lauren Holiday, Becky Sauerbrunn, Amy Rodriguez. That would have been the year that Heather O'Reilly came as well. Um, and, and you're stepping in as a rookie that, and, you know, played a, an important role though still. So, you know, how, how was that? Um, probably feels like a while ago too. It does. <laughs> um, I mean, it was incredible. I had no intention or thought that I was going to be able to go home to Kansas City. Um, even being at the draft, you know, they were like, look, it's not going to happen. Like, unless, you know, something, we, we talk somebody. So um, just when I got the call, I mean, I was totally excited, obviously, knowing Vladko and Hugh Williams, who was the GM at the time, um, for most of my childhood. So it felt, it felt good to come home. And then, you know, what a bonus. I don't think I would not be the player that I am today if I wasn't on that team that season. Um, you know, Lauren Holiday took me under her wing. Amy Rodriguez is still an incredible friend and player. Um, I mean, that list goes on. Nicole Barnhart, Amy LaPelbit, Leanne Robinson. I mean, that team was Jen Buskowski, like absolutely yeah. insane. <laughs> um, and uh, again, people that I still look up to and rely on today. And, you know, it was a bittersweet season. I felt like I kind of found my footing in the league and then broke the foot um, right before the World Cup players came back. But mm. still got time at the end of the season and was obviously so excited in whatever role that I could play to win that championship. And, you know, that was such a special team to learn from. And just watching some of those women be professionals um, definitely equipped me for the rest of my career and set a precedence and an example of what I want to be as a veteran in this league and uh, kind of the duty and responsibility we have to hold the hands of the players that come next. Um, and so it was a fun, fun season and something I look back on often, but feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, knowing Vlatko, uh, Vlatko Andonovsky is now the U S national team coach, obviously was, was FC Kansas city coach at the time um, and, and drafted you. He had many, I think as, as we all probably know, many of draft day, steals so to speak you mentioned that you didn't think you'd even be able to to get there um and i'm curious what that was like just kind of coming into a pro league which is always this new setting but also having some familiarity um i don't know you've probably seen the quote i was trying to pull it up here but there was a point at which in your fc kansas city career that there's kind of a a famous quote of sorts from him with um you know saying shea groom's going to be a great player and then he, I think I was in this mix zone, but the memory escapes me a bit. He stopped talking and then the, the interviews were over and he was like, you know, I see some of you smiling, but I'm telling you, she could be a U.S. national team player. Um, I don't know. You've probably seen that at some point throughout your years. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that's a confidence boost to hear that from someone who's, you know, many years later now, the U.S. coach. Yeah, definitely. I've always respected Vlaco um, as a person, as a coach. Um, he's been an incredible figure in my life. I often don't know what to call it. He's 
much like a dad sometimes, um, but an incredible football coach, um, the way he prepares, um, scouts other teams. Like you said, he always finds the diamond in the rough and it's by no coincidence. Um, he can just see it uh, from just a couple minutes of watching a player. So he's definitely special. And, you know, that's a moment that I always go back to because, you know, I do respect him and I know he doesn't say things willingly. <laughs> he says them when he needs them. So, um, yeah, I remember him sitting in that room, have the video saved on my phone still. And, oh, wow. you know, something that I go back to and when I just need to, you know, reassess and understand, you know, where my potential and um, where I can go with this. So um, definitely something that, I cherish, but, um, and something I aspire hopes happens in some capacity at some point, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, definitely was incredible to be coached by him and, um, just to call him a friend as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, um, a pretty good track record, as you said, with draft picks and certainly, um, when he's called shots like that, I mean, certainly, you know, beginning of the league, he said Becky's hour run would be the best center best back in the world and, um, or best defender. Yeah. In the world. And, um, certainly I think that played out over the, the many years that followed. Um, he's, he's U.S. coach now, as, as we said, he's in the stands for this tournament. You know, I know a lot of players like yourself who have been kind of in and around that picture of, of the national team. I'm sure aware that he's there and, and you know, the, the strange times where we're in where the Olympics are now a year later. But, um, you know, is this, I'm wondering for a player like yourself, this might be the only platform you have for this season to show to him or show, you know, just in general, um, given the, the circumstances and the league, you know, is that something that you think about at all in terms of, uh, you know, players with national team aspirations who this, this might be the only chance that he gets to evaluate you? Yeah, I'm not sure I think about it on a specific <laughs> level, but um, you know, yeah, again, that's always been something that, or a place that I've aspired to be. Mm. I think to get there, it's more about the steps and the little things in between. So for me, I came into this season, you know, obviously I'll shoot for the stars, but um, for me, it was just getting back to what Shagroom does and being somebody that you don't want to play against in this league. And I think I lost that the last couple of years. So, mm. um, you know, obviously those first two games, feeling like I'm getting it back and, um, I know I can be a special player in this league, um, but I know that you also have to show up and do it every day. Um, and it doesn't just come. So um, definitely something that I aspire to, to do and um, just using this tournament as, as I would any opportunity and just to perform the best of my abilities and help my team win. And at the end of the day, if I've done those two things, I think I'll be happy with myself no matter where I end up. Mm -hmm. um, and past couple of years, so three seasons in Kansas city with FC Kansas city, um, in that kind of transition of, of the team as well, those couple titles. And then um, after that, going to Sky Blue in, in 2018 and the rain last year, 2019. Um, what, what for you kind of changed? I mean, I know, you know, last year rain, a lot of injuries and, and, you know, you saw firsthand, obviously, still kind of fought through that for that fourth playoff spot, which I think was one of the stories of the year, probably, you know, 2018. I know Sky Blue, as, as many listening probably know, on and off the field edge struggles. Um, was there something for you in terms of your game or anything that that changed or that you needed to get back in touch with here in Houston? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. The transition from Kansas City, it felt like they kind of broke up the band in a way. Um, and then Blacko going to Seattle just seemed weird because like, that's when we beat in the championships. Like, 
like how how is this happening type of thing and then you know I get the call on Christmas Eve that you know you're not going to Utah anymore you're going to Jersey so that was definitely a big transition and you know something I think I needed a little bit early on in my career um just to challenge me to know that um I have to bring it every time it's not going to be you know Vladko instilling this confidence in me um I think it was good for me to get away and kind of branch off and figure it out on my own and, and struggle a bit. I think you all have to struggle and, and to move forward and to continue to grow and challenge yourself. So it was a tough year in 2018, obviously for Sky Blue in, in many regards, but I think it was an incredible learning experience and um, something that we look back as on players. I mean, some of my best friends uh, still are on Sky Blue and I thought that team was incredibly special in the way that we handled ourselves and the way that we fought for change. And so it makes me smile. You'll see me on Twitter. I like all of the stuff because they deserve every bit of that. And so many players on that team have fought tooth and nail for um, the resources and support that they're getting now. And Elise has done an incredible job there. And then obviously getting back um, with Vladko and going to Rain, um, I think was another stepping stone in my career and something that I needed just to kind of start the healing process in a way um, and kind of start this new chapter, but kind of work my way through it. I think last year was a bit of struggle for me, um, just working out some personal kinks off the field. And then obviously I had the rib and things like that. Um, and so the, obviously when I've gone to Houston, it, it just felt like a clean sheet. It felt natural to, all right, it's all behind me now. <laughs> we can start the growth now mm -hmm. and um, kind of keep moving forward. So I definitely think each stop in my career has been special and something that's made me into the player I am today. And, um, just humbled me in a way that I think I really needed to, in order to enjoy these moments in my career and never take anything for granted. And an earlier stop in that path, Texas A&M. So back in Texas for you with, with Houston, obviously uh, you said it feels a little bit like uh, a second home maybe. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the Aggies, <laughs> we run <laughs> wide and deep. So um, yeah, just having this Aggie ring on in Texas is, is something special and A&M is only about thinking less than an hour and a half from my apartment and um, Phil Moore Stevenson coaches there like mom and dad to me um, probably talk to them more than my own parents sorry mom and dad <laughs> um, but it, it's nice to be able to just get away and go home when I need to and um, obviously show my support still and then obviously being in Texas, people want to support Aggies. Um, and so I was excited to kind of help the dash in that sense and uh, to bring more fans and people that, you know, didn't really even know Texas had a professional women's soccer team. So yeah. um, I definitely think it's special and, and I definitely feel at home in Texas. Yeah. I hadn't seen, I, I haven't seen the ring close up. So I, I realized uh, there you go wearing it. So that that's an all the time wear for you all the time where it feels weird with, uh, like at the games when I take it off, but yeah, <laughs> like I will be in my casket with this on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think, um, I read too, that, that there's a lot of chiefs fans as well on the team or in the league. What it, I'm sure you're, yeah, I know you're four, proud. Four Kansas city girls. Um, and pretty diehard fans. CC Kaiser's probably the absolute, my dad's been a football coach for 30 or was a football coach for about 30 years. So um, football is like it for us. Um, yeah, but world champions another year, we'll take it. <laughs> there you go. Well, that was, I'm sure that helped with, with chatting with Zlatko too. I've seen some of his pictures with the, oh, yeah. the Patrick Mahomes jersey. And uh, yeah, a good year for, for you and everybody, I'm sure. 
Yeah, definitely big Chiefs fans. We actually have a funny story facility, um, or we had a facility in Kansas City where we did small group training. And so he'd be in the office and I'd be doing the coaching and I'd be like, you know, where is he? Why isn't he out here? And then, you know, water break happens. I run in there. He's watching the Chiefs game. And I'm like, what? So I have to coach while you get to watch the Chiefs game? What was it? So that's on like a Sunday, like youth league type of thing, you mean? Uh, we did a, we had a small group training facility, oh, okay. um, skill center, we call it in Kansas city that we used yep. to run. And yeah, Sunday night, he put it right, right during the chiefs game. <laughs> I don't know where he gets the time to watch the chiefs. He watches like 12 hours of film every day. So that's because um, he doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, maybe we can wrap it with, uh, you know, Houston. Um, what are you looking forward to, you know, longer term, I guess. I and mean, we've talked about kind of, the, the starting over and, and the process of, of coming down to Houston, a short season, but, you know, building towards something um, bigger and maybe longer term, right? Is that, is that kind of the goal? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, just finding a home in this league is something that's very special. Um, and the players that, you know, have been with teams for five or six years don't really know until maybe they've seen other people's journeys, but um, just being a part of an organization that is professional, um, you know, as an older player, I think I take a lot of pride in the growth of this league and the growth of women's football. So, um, and I think that just comes with it, you know, with resources, facilities, being partnered with MLS teams and just doing it the right way. And so um, definitely excited for that part about being in Houston. I think they, they do do it the right way and, and they care and, um, they are invested in our success. So just excited to see the growth of that. And then just to maybe be somewhere for more than a couple years and you know, paired with some players and, and a coach that, um, you know, have the same vision and same desires as I do. Um, it's something that I definitely, you know, want to build towards and um, create something really special here. And, you know, we've kept see- saying it, but kind of creating a new stigma around what the Houston dash means and what people think when they, when they see the Houston dash, you know, it's not just another rollover game and, you know, game you should win. Um, It's going to be a hard fought game and there's good players here and um, you know, we should be feared. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been playing out that way so far, certainly. So, um, and I think there's been that shift off the field as well, league wide, um, certainly over the past off season really of a real step up in terms of facilities and investment. And I'm sure if you've probably felt that at a player level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you see clubs like Louisville coming in almost a year early and, you know, being engaged, it's not like, Oh, we're just waiting for the launch and then, and then we'll be a part of the league. It's like, no, they're already part of the league. And you know, this is what we're doing for our players. And this is what our stadium looks like. You know, it just keeps raising the level and raising the bar and eventually teams either have to get with it or, um, you know, we have to go a different direction. So it's, it's been really fun to see and I'm excited. I think other, you know, even MLS sides and other markets are excited and they want a women's team because they know it can be something special and something that people will support. Um, and I think when you've looked at this tournament, you know, obviously we're still at the beginning stages of it, but you know, even with just a month preseason, you're seeing incredible goals and um, some really good play. So uh, I think people are gaining a lot of respect and it's not just, you know, a hobby sport or, you know, women's soccer, whatever, um, something to be respected and something that's definitely world-class. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I think the level of play has been really impressive. We're, we're recording this a couple days into 
the MLS starting MLS starting their tournament, the MLS is back tournament. Um, and I think, you know, certainly maybe that's even uh, exemplified how good the play in NWSL has been given the, the short preseason and the circumstances. So um, yeah, excited to see, I'm sure um, you all have the, uh, the knockout stage circled on the calendars for, for making some noise for Houston and uh, continuing to, to kind of establish the dash, as you said. So, um, well, Shagroom, thank you for joining me on the, the kick and back pod and good luck in the rest of the tournament. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to kick and back a podcast by the equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that, the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer. Keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.